you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today is Marriage Family Life Emphasis Day on American Family Radio. All across the network, we have been talking about the Marriage Family Life Conference Mm -hmm. coming up July 7th, 8th, and 9th. That's right. That's right. It's going to be a great time. Uh, I heard some of the other interviews from other shows. And, man, (laughs) look, you need to register now. Yeah, it's uh, exciting. MarriageFamilyLife.net. MarriageFamilyLife.net. It's going to be some great information shared. I want to say this, too. I got an email from uh, a lady who uh, was, was asking the, the question about, uh, she was saying that she's uh, single. You know, mm. she she's not married, no, no children, things like that. Uh, is this conference for her? And I answered her, yes, it is. Uh, it is because we're going to be talking about, uh, in addition to, marriage and family issues, cultural issues. There's right. also great uh, vendors who would be there. There will be a time of, of I don't want to say networking, but but meeting friends. Like the mm-hmm. atmosphere there is like a family. And, and, can and I say it's very, very encouraging. Go ahead. In, in addition to that, I'm sorry, well, I didn't mean to jump in too quickly there. But in addition to that, I just want to add that when we say marriage, family, life, we're not limiting the life issue to talking about the life issue. Mm -hmm. It is also talking about living as a Christian, living as a believer. So we talk about marriage, family, life. So like the entirety of what it is to live as a believer, uh, in particular um, in 21st century America. And so all of it's in there. I mean, listen, and and I I say this lovingly to our sister. I I read her email and I was so glad when you said, I'm going to respond Um, Because this is a question that we've gotten before. Mm -hmm. I think when people hear uh, the focus on marriage and family, that we've got single Christians or unmarried Christians who tend to think that maybe this excludes them. This does not exclude you at at all. all. This is for the believer, period. Amen. Let me say this. What has happened historically, though, is that families have been excluded from conferences. Mm -hmm. So it has always been sort of like understood that, you know. An adult can go. You can go. Right. You know, people, you can go wherever you want. You right. can go. Right. But what has happened historically is that children have been excluded. Mm-hmm. Um, families are often unwelcomed unless they fall into a certain category and they've got a certain amount of kids. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to put together a ministry opportunity, a ministry opportunity for families as well. And so I think what we may need to um, may need to include um I don't know, maybe more obviously include that if you are unmarried um, and you want to attend, you can. The focus is on family, largely because families have been excluded from events like this. It's been sort of like leave leave your kids at home. Yeah. Well, we are saying that we're in the thick of it in America. Right. Um, We can't leave our kids at home. Right. In right. fact, part of the reason that we're in this problem is because we've left our kids at all. You understand what I'm saying? Like we've right. just left right. them to themselves, so to, so to speak. Yeah. And so anyway, I say that to say um, it's understood. 
And mm-hmm. at least in our minds, it's understood that if you are unmarried and you want to come to the Marriage Family you Life Conference, that you absolutely um, can come and you are welcomed. Yes. Right. You are welcomed. Like, I, I don't know how else to say that. But, yeah, you're welcomed. Just the emphasis on marriage is that and the emphasis on family is that you, too, are welcomed, because yeah. I think that was sort of like the the thing that I think was often overlooked. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully that makes sense. And it, it, it can go without saying, you know, um, even if you're not married, there's some things, some gems that you can pick up on that if the Lord has for you to be married one day, you know, yeah. that can be employed as well. And, and and again, I just can't speak enough about the the atmosphere there, you know, is, is, is a family type atmosphere. So I feel like, you know, everyone fits in. Like it, it, yeah. it's the family of God. It's true. Yeah, you it's know true. what I'm saying? It's the body of Christ. And so um, it's just a, it's, it's a great event. You have to experience it uh, to to know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's just a great time of equipping. And I, I think the emphasis and the focus has to be on uh, marriage, family and life, because when you look at what the the enemy has done is really try to distort all of that, you yeah. know, and we're saying that God has a biblical standard. He has a way that he has set out these things to operate and we need to go back to the bible to to back back to what he said about marriage family and life and so um as july 7 to 9 it's going to be in tupelo mississippi right here home base uh bancorp south arena and uh you can go to marriagefamilylife.net marriagefamilylife.net to register today um i hope it's not i hope it's not too uh far out there for me to say that it'd be nice for the Marriage Family Life Conference. Now, this was not the sister's request, right? But it'd be nice for the Marriage Family Life Conference to play a part in somebody's history that maybe they say. <laughs> I was thinking that, but can I, I just Can say I say it. that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay, yeah. well, leave Why it to not? Mickey. Why not? Um, okay, <laughs> but just to say, hey, we met at the Marriage Family Life hey. Conference. Because listen, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> the caliber of people who attend this conference um, I just feel like they're marriage material. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but right, I just man, feel like they're know. marriage you material. I feel like this is the kind of person that if you're talking about like-minded believers, yeah. um, you know. <laughs> it's another point of contact. You know, sometimes <laughs> it can be hard. group. Yeah, it can be hard to Anyways. find those different venues. And, man, I think this is, you know, look. Yeah, I, I you agree. Got built the in chaperones. <laughs> you, you, you got built-in chaperones because you got married couples there who are going to be watching. And be like, hey, do you do you have a license? Are you do you have? They'll be checking your ring finger. Anyways, that's a joke, guys, and it's usually reserved for like youth. I'm sorry, didn't mean to insult anybody. Um, but you are welcome to come to the Marriage Family Life Conference. Look, in addition yeah. to covering the heavy hitting topics that we cover, and we talk about what's going on in the culture. And how we can stand, how we can stand in this generation. Not only do we do that, but man, we have a good time. If if mm. I can just say that, you guys, um, in particular, if you listen during this hour, you get to spend time with the Addisons um, on a regular basis here for an hour. We'll just multiply that. You got several of them. <laughs> and, uh, and we are who we are, like Amen. just wherever we are. Yeah, I mean, we can't, for better, be, we for can't worse. be anyone else. So, <laughs> so anyway, marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. You'll yes. learn all you need to know there. And um, we hope that if it's if it's the Lord's will uh, for you to, to, to be there, that that you'll make make attempts to, to, to be there. So anyway, joining us in the next segment, we're going to talk to Dr. Kathy Cook. 
who is one of our keynote speakers. Not only will she be speaking in the main session, but she's going to be speaking a couple of different times in our youth apologetics track. Speaking of the youth apologetics oh, track, man. I really feel like that is something that Look. sets our conference apart from other conferences. Yes. Um, our kids are not an afterthought. Guys, for far too long, for far too long, we have made um, our children sort of like just they will get it. Right. They'll eventually get it. Osmosis. Osmosis. They'll come around <laughs> just because of hearing it for so long. It will click. And we don't live in that type of culture. In no. fact, we live in a culture that is really aggressive. It's aggressive mm -hmm. in trying to indoctrinate our children. Mm -hmm. And I say trying to wrestle them away from the truth. Right. So we can't respond tepidly. Like we, right. we can't look at that happening and then say, OK, well, you know, maybe they'll get it. Right. Maybe they'll come no, around. We have to be intentional. Exactly we have to be right. intentional. And I heard um, today an uh, interview that uh, Bishop E.W. Jackson did with Israel Wayne, who will be oh, yes. teaching a track at, you know, during the youth apologetics track, teaching a class. And man, when I was listening to him, I was like, man, this is some stout material. This is what yes. our kids need, you know, um, biblical worldview. And uh, Israel Wayne is just an awesome speaker, and he has a lot of knowledge about this, you know, and, and he's going to be one of the teachers. And I also want to say, if you listen to Exploring the Word, which is uh, the next hour, Maria Hamilton is scheduled to be on the broadcast to talk about Wonderful. the Youth Apologetics Track and the Marriage Family Life Conference. She's the director of the uh, Youth Apologetics Track, and you'll hear her heart. And so this is uh, a conference within a conference for our children. It's like... We want to give them, you know, uh, just the quality that's needed in raising up the next generation, raising up the generation really that's now, you mm -hmm. know, for the glory of God. So, yes. Yeah, man. This and we important. have to do this. We, we have to do this. I'm doing a deep dive right now, guys. I, I guess our listeners are probably like, Miki, what, what are you not deep diving into? Well, <laughs> there's just a lot going on. And because this is what I do for a living, I feel like I've got to stay up, not just up to date on what's going on in the culture, but I've got to understand these things deeply. Mm. And so right now, I, I just want to, and, and you know this because you see it happening, but I want to confirm for you that when we talk about an all-out attack on our children, it really is to rob them of their natural understanding of being made in the image of God and the, their natural, the natural design of their bodies, um, mm. their natural affections, right? They want, uh, we live in a culture right now that is trying to rob our children of that. So I'm doing a deep dive right now and really trying to look at the data that points overwhelmingly to our young girls in particular who are identifying themselves as transgender and 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 this is happening in clusters and we talked about this a couple years ago when we talked about Dr. Lisa Littman's um, research remember she talked mm -hmm. about rapid onset uh, gender dysphoria mm -hmm. and this was sort of a, a new I don't know, clinical term if you want. But I remember us talking about this at least a couple years ago, may have been a little bit longer. Longer than that. She had our data um, mm -hmm. ripped from Plus One, this mm -hmm. um, you know peer-reviewed site, because the transgender activists came after her for simply reporting facts. Like she, she was reporting data. It had been peer reviewed. And so as I'm looking at this, you know, I'm thinking about what is increasingly happening in our culture. And I intentionally, just to let our listeners know, I intentionally didn't mention it on the day that it happened because I feel like sometimes in our covering what's going on in the culture, we kind of give credence to it. Like we kind of sometimes in acknowledging it. So we, you know, kind of just drove by the 
transgender day, <laughs> right? And, and why? Because even to say that this is this day, even to, to stand against it, you have to sort of acknowledge it. You know what I mean? You have to kind of give right. it legs a little bit. But we live in a time right now where this is being normalized. And, and let me just tell you, it's being normalized on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's being normalized on purpose because our kids are very strongly and very easily influenced by one another. Yeah. And increasingly, we see this, um, what we would have called gender dysphoria among young girls, teenage girls. And it's very similar. Do you guys remember... And, and and we'll 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 go to Dr. Kathy Cook as soon as we get her on. We'll talk a little bit more about this. I'm sure she sees this and is writing about this all the time. Um, but do you guys remember back in the 90s and, and which it's not completely eradicated in our society and in our culture. But do you guys remember anorexia and bulimia? Mm -hmm. You remember this was sort of like an ep epidemic among young women mm -hmm. where um, there was almost sort of like a um, it was noble that you were able to control the way you ate. You, you were in control. You were doing something for yourself. And there was a certain uh, nobility attached to that. Well, now what we are learning and what we are recognizing is that the same is true for this wave or um, as it's been called this craze that is um, transgenderism. Mm. You have a lot of young girls who feel like there is a certain nobility in denying the self that their parents assigned, quote unquote, <laughs> right? Denying that and then living something different. Now, here's what's interesting about that. And man, I have this article that I wanted to couple with it, but I'm looking at the time and maybe we won't get to it. Or maybe I can weave it in and talking with Dr. Kathy. Mm -hmm. um, but here's what's interesting about that is a lot of these young girls, when we talk about paying attention to the family, paying attention to our children, noticing what's happening with our teenagers, especially our teenage girls. A lot of these girls who are identifying as transgender, they don't actually have the desire. They don't have the desire to be men. They just don't want to be women. <laughs> so they want to be in sort of like this suspended state where they're not that, but they don't also want to be that. So the question is, how do we respond to that? It's not ignoring it. That's not the response. The response is not to ignore it. And I would say this too, as I continue to do this research, the response is also, the response is also not to normalize it, right. not to validate it. So it takes a lot of work, but we've got to be committed to this work. And when we talk about here we stand, mm -hmm. right, like we're not backing down. We are living in the midst of a culture that is aggressive. Mm. So the stand has got to be with flat feet. Mm. <laughs> it, it's got to be an immovable stand that we take in the defense and the protection of our children. Amen. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the break. When we come back, Dr. Kathy Cook joins us. Stay right there. You are welcome. Yes, you are. You are welcome here. There's no resistance in this house. Welcome back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Felva Jones with You Are Welcome. Dr. Kathy Cook joins us right now. We are going to talk about the Marriage Family Life Conference. We're also going to talk about her ministry and the importance of ministry to families and to children and just kind of where we are in the culture. Hopefully she'll give us a sneak peek into what she might be communicating as she keynotes 
uh, a few different times at the conference. <laughs> Dr. Kathy Cook, how are you? I am so fabulous. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> it's Look, it's great to get to talk with you again. Yes. We met you for the first time at the Home Educators uh, Association Conference in uh, Virginia. I want to say it was back mm -hmm. in June of last year. And it was the first time that we had the opportunity to meet you. And mm -hmm. we thought, man, this can't be the last. I right. mean, I just, there is such, um, there is such, and I don't want to overuse this word, but we sincerely felt this way that the Lord has really anointed you to do the work that you're doing. And it's evident as you communicate that he's given you insight, not only into children, but also into parents. It's a unique insight. You've written about it, but you communicate about this on such a regular basis. I'm wondering, as you kind of take a step back and look at the culture, look at where we are, what are some of the scariest things that you're observing these days? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> well, certainly the we have to go to gender, right? I just did a TV yes. interview today, in fact, about laws that are being passed in different um, school districts, many times parents do not know what's going on. So the, um, the loud, well-funded gay and lesbian lobby that wants all of us to believe that everyone agrees that, um, yeah, I, 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 oh, I can't even speak. Let me say this. There's, an, there's a quote that I won't even, I can't find it right off the top of my head, but there's a quote that says, that gay and lesbian children are being um, harassed, but in fact it's the heterosexual kids who are being harassed mm -hmm. in many, many cases. And I don't say that lightly. I have great compassion for the strugglers, but let's leave our children alone. Mm -hmm. And let's leave our children alone. And mm -hmm. let's, I have had, I've had kids say to me, um, it's hard to be normal. It's hard to be normal. I mean, that's tragic that they have mm -hmm. to make up trauma or they have to make up some kind of an identity shift for them to feel okay about themselves. And so that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's just the, the very messy cultural reality there. Of course, the, whole, the depression, the anxiety that goes along with that, um, dysfunction as you, as you turn the corner, right? You just see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why what you're doing is so important. You know, Dr. Kathy, I think that there are some well-meaning parents and even some grandparents who kind of think that if they don't bother this issue, when we talk about this transgender issue, which has really swept our nation, it's not is going to sweep our nation or is beginning to sweep. It has swept our nation. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are some well-meaning parents and grandparents alike who think, you know, if we don't if we don't bother that, it won't bother us. But this is not one of those topics that you can just remain neutral on. It is affecting our children because it is kind of seeped into every area of their lives, even when we don't recognize it. That's exactly right. And, and let me say, Miki, that, you know, if it's biblical, we cannot be silent. Mm, that's right. We, and we have an obligation as Christ followers to stand up for our neighbors. And so if you do feel that it hasn't yet come to you, I mean, praise God. And maybe you're an empty nester. Maybe you're single without kids and you don't feel that, you know, you need to get involved. But again, as somebody who wants children to be honored and loved and affirmed for who they've been created to be, to become who they were created to be, and for families to be functional and healthy and whole, and for the support, we, we need to be doing that, even if we don't have kids directly affected, whether it's this issue or, you know, some other issue, academic apathy or uh, violence or CRT. It's, there's just a mm -hmm. lot going on, and yeah. we have a responsibility. 
Well, let me just make sure that our listeners have a little bit more background on you, Dr. Kathy. And I'm going to weave this throughout the conversation because I think there's so much that we can talk about. I'm not going to be able to hit on all of it, which is why we would love for our listeners to attend our conference. They can be a part of the Marriage Family Life Conference. But you're the founder and president of Celebrate Kids um, based out of Fort Worth, Texas, and the co-founder of Ignite the Family based out of Alpharetta, Georgia. I'm thinking now as, as you look at your ministry and you look at where your focus is when you are invited to speak and you speak all across the country and around the world. um, What do you feel like is sort of like the thing that is most demanded? (laughs) Like we need to hear a message on this. Mm -hmm. Great question. I do a lot of speaking about identity because people want to know, you know, who am I? And our Mm -hmm. kids are asking, you know, who am I and why does it matter? So whether I'm doing a chaplain at Christian school or a parent education to speak about this is what the scripture says about our identity, this is what it must be, current, accurate, healthy, whole, uh, positive, etc. And that's exciting. I do a lot of speaking, as you know, about the eight smarts. Yes. And that's exciting to me because there's far too many people who think that they're not smart, and that's a huge part of identity. You know, mm-hmm. for me to be able to teach young people, you're too smart to make stupid choices. <laughs> and, you know, God, it's not, you know, am I smarter than so-and-so? No, own who you've been created to be, and you're smart in these eight ways. It's very compelling. Uh, and then I'll mention the third one, and that is the work that we've done here about technology. Technology mm-hmm. is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we're using it right now on the radio, so there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. However, as you know, as parents and, and ministry folk, it can destroy our character. It can mm. rob us of our very best. And so that's something I enjoy teaching about as well. You know, let's do this. I, w- I want to back up because when we were uh, in Virginia Beach, I, I I had this moment where I was listening to you speak. And I think you were talking about the eight great smarts. And I was I was standing there and our son, who at the time was 11, he was standing there. And I'm processing mm. what you're saying, Dr. Kathy. And I'm just going, oh, man. This is amazing. But here is the thing that really uh, floored me. Our 11-year-old son, as we kind of walked out of your presentation, he goes, Mom, that was amazing. And and now uh-huh. I'm, pre- I'm presenting there with you, right? And he goes, no yeah. offense, Mom, but I think Dr. <laughs> K- I, I think Dr. Kathy's my favorite right now. And, and I'm going, cute. none taken. I think she's mine too. <laughs> I mean, but it just goes to say the point that I'm making is that God has given you an amazing ability to minister to parents and kids. What are some of the responses mm-hmm. that you get from kids when you point out to them that they are smart? Is this really still an ongoing struggle for kids today? It is. Um, you know, if they're in the public school system in particular, it's, uh, you know, it's 20 to 1 or, you know, even 30 kids in a class, and it's impossible for teachers to individualize. Many of them try their very best, and I really want to honor that. Um, but there's, there's grading, and there's, you know, a hierarchy, and there's a system. And in the public schools and in the Christian schools, word smart and logic smart are the two that are most predominant. We think with words, and we ask a lot of questions. But children are smart in eight ways, and when they find this out, like your son is not alone to say, man, that was amazing. They want to know who they are. They want to Mm -hmm. believe in their future. So even on a hard day, they're allowed to say, wait, 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 that lady said, I'm not stupid if something's hard. It's just that I'm smart in a different way, and I need to figure out how I can use my smarts to succeed. So it's a very encouraging message. One of the things that happens all the time, and you might have experienced this yourself, Miki, I don't know, but a lot of adults listen to it as parents but they begin to listen as that inner child. Yes. And they find out, yes. oh, man, I'm smarter than I thought I was. <laughs> yes. And now that changes their whole trajectory as an adult 
believing in themselves, maybe forgiving parents who didn't know any better or whatever, and then being able to, you know, speak life into their kiddos. Matt, speak life. I mean, and and that's just Mm -hmm. on point. You know, I I think that uh, during the pandemic, when there were so many parents who believed that they could not teach their kids because one, they'd never done it, or maybe because they thought they were quote unquote, not smart, but they were kind of forced into a situation where they kind of had to try it out. And they learned some things about themselves and they learned some things about their children. I'm wondering the ways that you maybe have experienced or maybe even heard some feedback on parents who have been able to apply the eight great smarts in their educating their kids at home. Right. Um, one of the things that I know happens is that they start to reteach to a different intelligence. So, for example, maybe on a Monday you do a vocabulary lesson and it's very word-based, and maybe one of your sons is frustrated it doesn't retain the vocabulary all that well, but he's very picture smart. He loves color and design. You know that from building Legos. He likes games that are very visual. So you have him sketch the definition of the words. You know, what does an apartment building look like versus a condo versus a house or whatever? And so you can reteach without shame or blame to a different part of the brain, and now you have success. I also hear a lot of comments about spiritual development. There are kids who haven't yet grasped all that we want them to understand about the things of the Bible, the things of the God of the Bible. But if you teach about God to the smart that they have the most brain cells in, lo and behold, they get it, and now they, they have a greater appreciation for God. And that's a, that's a whole hour. You know, we could talk forever. Yes. But it's fascinating the way that God made us to want. to. He made us to find him. And he made us to want him. And this can even help in that. I'm so I'm so excited. Like I am I am so looking forward to you being at the Marriage Family Life Conference this year. I I because here's my expectation. My expectation is that with all of the kids who attend this conference, that there is a different level, another level even, that they're going to walk away being encouraged in the Lord. Like mm-hmm. it's it's one thing. We give our kids apologetics. We teach them how to process. We want them to be able to stand in the culture. But to the point that you're making here, we want them to have a solid, strong understanding of who they are and who God has made them to be. I'm wondering if that becomes almost sort of like one of the lines of defense as they stand in this culture. Absolutely, Miki. Oh, my goodness. You know, one of the things I teach all the time is we've got to use the verb created. Mm. You were created by an intentional, personal, loving God who knew what he was doing. A knitter who knit, you know, we learn in Psalm 139, 13, and 14 that we're knit together in our mother's womb. Knitting is a precise skill. Mm. The knitter decides in advance what to make, Mm. right? Otherwise, you have a mitten, scarf, afghan, sweater, hat, ugly, (laughs) non-thing. But our creator, you know, he has a vision for our life and he knows what he's doing. And so we need to pray that over our kids before, you know, they come out of the womb. And we need to keep saying to them, God created you with creativity. God created you to be athletically, um, you know, gifted. God created you to have a heart to love the lost. I'm so proud of you. God created you. And Mm. now when they're struggling with, now wait, that person over there says that I'm not this. I am something else. No, I was created this way. That's a very, very powerful verb. We got to use it. It's so good. And and I, I will tell you recently, so um, I was using some things that I learned from you and in, in talking with our kids, and it was so helpful. You know, we don't realize, and Dr. Kathy, I'm sure you've observed this as you talk and minister to parents. Uh, we don't realize how much of the culture influences the way that we parent, even those who are those of us, myself included, who are steeped in the Bible. We're reading the Bible. We're endeavoring to apply that every day. But the culture just will kind of creep in in ways that we don't realize it. And in one of those ways, um, 
as Christian parents, and I, I, I want to kind of set you up to kind of unpack this for us, because I recently had a conversation with our kids about this. Um, we as Christian parents will fall into the trap of telling our kids, you can be whatever you want to be. You, mm. you can do whatever you want to do. But I learned from you and I've been applying it ever since and even backing it up with scripture that God has, as you just pointed out, he has uniquely created our children and he really does have a plan and a purpose for their life. Why is that not as limiting as it may sound when a kid first hears it? Oh, that's a, I love the way you worded that. Um, yeah, if they know God is good and a good creator and a personal creator and designs us Ephesians 2.10 declares we have a, we have, we've been gifted in advance that we would walk in those gifts. Mm. We know that God's on our side. He wanted us male or female. He wanted us born third in the family, etc. I mean, there's so much to that. Um, yeah, there's freedom in that, right? There's freedom to find out God's best and God's boundaries. Uh, you know, as a chatty Kathy, you might remember this. I was a chatty Kathy <laughs> as a child. I bet you were as well. <laughs> I was yeah, a chatty Kathy as a child. And, you know, now I talk and I write as part of the ministry because my parents saw all the words in me as a good thing to develop, not a problem to eliminate. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge thing. You know, and, and to the parents who are listening, you know, Mickey, it's very, it's very common that a parent or a grandparent, even a teacher will say, you can be whatever you want. That is not true. Um, they can only be who God created them to be. Amen. Uh, as an example, I am 6'1". You might remember that I've got height. Yes. And so I could not be a jockey on a horse. <laughs> and if I'm raised, you know, you can be whatever you want, and I love horses, then I pray every night, oh, Father God, let me be a jockey on a horse. And I'm mad at God every morning that I'm still tall, and there's no horse, you know, that'll ride me in a race. And my, I'm mad at my parents because they didn't help me understand that that's not going to be a dream that'll ever happen. And so we grieve with our kids. We help them accept who they are. We grieve our own loss of vision if we wanted our kids to be, you know, soccer stars and we got a clutch instead. I mean, that's reality. <laughs> But I would pray that we don't, you know, stay in our anger and we raise the kids that you, we were given, not the kids we wish we had. Mm, oh. So no one needs to feel, should I say that again? <laughs> raise, yes. raise the, yeah, raise the children you were given, not the children you wish you had. Mm. And, you know, you guys, it's, it's fair to dream, you know, and it's fair to have hopes and expectations. You know, you're an accountant and you want your son to carry on your business. There is nothing wrong with that. You enjoyed ballet and you would love your your daughter to be a dancer and she doesn't care at all. You have a right to want that. But to force that upon a child not created by God in the same way that he created you does great damage to your relationship with your Mm -hmm. child because they'll stop trusting you. And then, of course, they try to become who they weren't created to be and there'll be a brokenness there. And we will lose what they could have been because they'll never have a chance to develop it. Man, I kind of you kind of want to just sit with that for a second and and, and just process it, you know, just say la just for a second, because I think that very few of us as parents would ever admit that we wrestle with that. Mm -hmm. But I think part of us taking the steps toward raising our kids for the glory of God is that admission that we say, you know, I I do wrestle with that. One of the things Mm -hmm. I pointed out to our kids was uh, in the contributions for the tabernacle in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 35, and looking at how you've got these individuals who Moses kind of brings together. And the Bible specifically says that there were individuals who were gifted in these areas. They had skill in these specific areas. Mm -hmm. And so I asked the kids, I, I go, so do you think there are some people who were not skilled in those areas? Like, yeah, there's some people who were not skilled in those areas. And so it's okay for us to say, you know, I'm not good at that. 
I'm good at this. I'm not good at that. Mm -hmm. And it's wrong for us to covet somebody else's ability to look at what somebody else is able to do and to say, boy, if I could do that, because it kind of calls into question the sovereignty of God that maybe he made a mistake on you when he created you. I want to do this. I want to grab the break and we'll come right back. I kind of want to pick up on the other side of the break, Dr. Kathy, if it's okay with you and talk about technology, because that is the bear that I don't know. I don't know if we're wrestling with it or if we're just cuddling with it. I don't know what we're doing, but I want to talk technology when we get back. This is uh, Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll come right back with Dr. Kathy Cook. Talk in Marriage Family Life Conference. Stay right there. In my brokenness, you are close to me. In my weakness, you're my strength. You are high lifted up. You sit high up on the throne. Thank you so much for listening to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Darius James with You Are God Alone. We are talking about the Marriage Family Life Conference, and Dr. Kathy Cook is keynoting for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not only is she ministering to to us, to the adults, but she's also (laughs) ministering to our children. Man, and I am so looking forward to this. Dr. Kathy Cook is the founder and president of Celebrate Kids, and she's also the author of six books, including Screens and Teens and Eight Great Smarts. Let me say something real quick about Eight Great Smarts. Uh, When I was reading this book, I was underlining in it, as I do with most of my books. I'm a very active reader, and I was sending screenshots of the things I was underlying as a form of ministry to parents that I know we share these kinds of kids. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I thought you need to read this just like this minister to me, it's going to minister to you. So I want to recommend highly recommend eight great smarts for our parents listening, because um, you will not admit it publicly, but you've been a little bit confused <laughs> by some of your kids gifts. <laughs> this, oh, this book will minister to you. And words that I cannot strongly express here today. Uh, her newest book, Start with the Heart, How to Motivate Your Kids to Be Compassionate, Responsible, and Brave, uh, was published by Moody in March. And so we can talk a little bit about that as well. Um, but Dr. Cook, before we went to the break, I, I wanted to, Dr. Kathy, you go about Dr. Kathy. Dr. Kathy. Mm, that's fine. <laughs> I wanted to talk about technology because this is one of the things that I almost think of it like a bear. We it we're kind of wrestling with this as active and involved parents. We, we understand that we're not going to get rid of it. Um, but we want to use it in a way that doesn't damage our children. Um, help us unpack this, help us discuss technology. Right. It is here to stay, as I said before, so we don't need to, you know, fear it, but we do need to be safe with it and we need to protect our children's hearts. I wrote the book because children's character was beginning to become radically um, uh, negatively affected by their use of technology, as well as adults even. We're all more impatient than we used to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not healthy, you know, and I get mm-hmm. it, but the fruit of the Spirit, I love to tell kids, God's not going to rewrite the Bible for your generation, nor should he. Come on. <laughs> Patience is always going to be a fruit of the Spirit. And so the click of the mouse, the GPS, everything is quick and easy, so we become impatient quickly when we have to wait or things don't go our way. I understand that, but it doesn't make it right. There's a reason, but not an excuse. And this Mm. is what we have to teach our children. There's a lot of their character being negatively affected. I get it. They're not bad. We were not horrible people to give them a device, but we don't have to continue. We can teach them how to behave righteously, even in the midst of the technology use. Dr. Kathy, what does that look like? I, I know that there are many parents who have, list, who have listened to 
um, you know, lectures or teachings on how to stand between their kids and technology, but still kind of feel conflicted. They feel kind of at a loss. So you've got a teenage girl who you think, well, there's no practical way that she could not have a phone. Then you get the phone and now you're wrestling with the phone and, and you, you know, you don't want to just take it away. So, so can you talk practically for a little bit here? What do parents need to actively do um, to kind of, I don't, I don't want to say stand between their kids and technology, but Lord knows that's what I'm thinking. And I don't know if that's the right, right. thought. So just correct me on that. Right. No, I, I think that's fine. There are some phones that are better than other phones. And, mm-hmm. you know, certainly, you know, we can, we can talk about that if you want. I do. Um, yeah. I think it, I'm a fan of the Gab wireless device. So mm-hmm. GABBwireless.com. GabWireless.com. It's a phone that looks like an iPhone, but there's no internet, no social media, no gaming, and you can never add any apps. It comes mm-hmm. with 14 essential apps. It is a phone that um, is only $150 instead of $1,000. And uh, anybody can go check it out, GabWireless.com. It's something that we, um, we believe in because it protects children from the social media and the World Wide Web, which is where all the dysfunction and the danger is, gaming, et cetera. So that's something to consider. Do they need a phone? They need a phone when they need a phone, not when they want it. Come on. Mm, that's good. And then there are certain you know, places where they don't get to use it. We could have rules in our home. If a friend is over, you don't need your device. Mm-hmm. We put them in the basket, yours included, not just your friend who came by to visit. And if mm. you cannot honor the people in front of you, then guess what? You know, the, the phone, the consequence is that the phone the phone goes away for a longer period. So we can, you know what, Mickey, Will, when your children were young, you never let them color forever. Right. You never let them eat all the ice cream they wanted just because they complained at you. We have got to do better with boundaries because boundaries bless our children when love is the goal, and you know that. Mm. Mm. Amen. You know, we received an email, and and maybe you can kind of um, speak to this a little bit, but we received an email from a brother who I thought really, I, I thought he was very to the point and, and just sort of touched on something that I think parents are unwilling to explore. In many instances, we've got to use your analogy here. In many instances, we've got our kids just coloring forever because the parents are over coloring forever. Yes. So, yes. so So we've got our kids who are addicted to technology. They are addicted to their phones and addicted to their devices but the parents, and to the point that our brother was making, and I thought, man, it was an excellent point, the parents can't really intervene because the parents are addicted to their devices and social media and all of these other things. And so really it kind of makes a – it's poor accountability when when you need accountability. Oh, absolutely. It's such a good point. There's no integrity there. The kids you tell me all the time, they use the – well, they don't say it this way, but they'll say, you know, you need to make some changes here. But, Dr. Kathy, shouldn't we be making changes here? The Mm. pronoun we is really powerful. So, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with a mom going to Pinterest. There's nothing wrong with a dad or a mom going to ESPN or a banking website or searching for recipes or which brand of a refrigerator to buy. But we don't need to do it when the kids are awake, which is limited time for us to invest in them. Maybe we involve them with us and we teach Mm -hmm. them discernment and research. And Why are we not going to this website and why are we going to go to that website? So I think those are principles we have got to be careful of isolation and loneliness and pride and always wanting to be happy, which is why those devices become, you know, so important. And let me say this before I kick it back to you. I don't, you know, a lot of people talk about being addicted to the phone, and I know why you said that. We're addicted to the adrenaline drop. We're addicted mm. to the, 
what happens, right, Miki? And mm-hmm. we'll, you know, when we get the, the, the ting and the ping and the ring, mm-hmm. we're also addicted to the lie that I deserve to be happy all the time, that I must <laughs> have choice, that I am the center of my own universe. Look, the phone rang. I'm important to somebody. So we're addicted oh. to the, the sin, if you will. And that's why it's so hard for us to change and to put it away. But you know what? God ordained the family before he ordained the church. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons I'm a fan of what you're doing. I can't wait to get to your conference because the family matters. Amen. And we're allowing it to be destroyed. And the kids are going elsewhere for input and wisdom because we have, as this gentleman was saying, fallen into our own device. I don't say it lightly. No shame or blame for yesterday, but we could make changes tomorrow if we choose to put God and his children first. Oh, it's so good. I will tell you, just let me let just just to be vulnerable here. Um, our listeners know that we have six children. Here is something that I noticed recently and I had not made the connection before. And so then we put some some parameters in place. So we've got like kind of two sets, two age sets here. We've got the big three and the little three. And so when the big three were like the ages of the little three, um, they had little to no device time. Like, like none. I think they had like a leapfrog, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. hey, you know, and I mean, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, but now they're older. So they're, they're teenagers and the little three are now sort of more into devices because of the older three. So I had this revelation and I thought, well, that's it. That's it. I mean, we, books are good. Yes. Books, this is, this, <laughs> we, we, we will entertain ourselves in other ways. And because I said to the older three, I said, it just isn't fair for you guys to have your brains develop, for you to learn how to read, for you to learn how to communicate in ways that are maybe not the right word, but normal <laughs> versus this younger group mm-hmm. that's coming up. And they're looking at you guys and they're thinking that you're they're your age and they're not. And I'm still trying to teach them how to read. And I'm wondering if it's just being active as parents um, that will kind of be our greatest aid. Yes. Yes, again, very, very well stated. One of the reasons that I started doing my research was parents like you came to me and said, why are my younger children so hard to raise? I thought by now I would have figured this out. And the difference is technology has grabbed a hold of their brain and their heart, um, not so much for those you know, kids who are older. So, yeah, we've got to stand our ground. We can ask siblings to help out. This is why we have family policies that in this room there's no tech use. At the dinner mm-hmm. table there's no tech use. There's a... There's an emergency number that's on, or we teach the need idea. You know, if your son might get a babysitting job next door, all of a sudden he's allowed to have his phone with him at dinner. If you might need to take a business trip, all of a sudden you get to have your phone on with you at dinner. That's need-based technology use, Mm. which is very appropriate to begin teaching children. That's really good. That's really Mm, good. Thank you. That's... (laughs) There's one other thing. You're like, thank you. I wrote that. Um, there's one other thing I want to touch on when we talk about technology. And then I want to talk about your latest book just so that our listeners can be aware of it and, and, and learn a little bit about its contents. Um, let me uh, let me inter- let me interrupt, Miki, and I apologize. We're on live radio. Please remember, I have to catch a flight to Alaska. Hopefully you were you- that news. No, I was not given not- that news. <laughs> we didn't know. I, I apologize. I should have reminded the producer... I I need to like I have literally like two more minutes and I apologize and I'm well, heading to the airport. I'm heading to Alaska tonight. Alaska, We're I apologize. Fun. And the Alaskans will not wait. So look, let me no. let me just. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. No, this is fine. This is, I mean, because we're family. 
everybody here yes, listening, we're all family. We understand how this goes. So then just wrap up real quick, a uh, quick summary of raising compassionate kids. Mm, other centeredness. They have to be brave to notice someone else and want to help because they could get rejected. So now they need to be resilient. Do they see us putting others first, caring mm. about other people's pain, even if we can't necessarily eradicate it? Um, but compassion is noticing someone's difficulty and wanting to correct it. What a beautiful way to raise kids, right? So they get their eyes off of themselves, mm. and they are aware that we live in community. We are designed to bless each other, and we do that with compassion. Compassion is a quality that often motivates the use of many others, and so it is a great character quality to emphasize when we raise kids. That's very good. Dr. Kathy, look, I got to let you go. I mean, because I, I, <laughs> I can't you. be responsible for the Alaskan <laughs> suffering because I was just talking. Dr. Kathy Cook, thank you so much. Real quick, let our listeners know your website, how they can contact you. I appreciate that. And thanks for having me on the show. I am looking forward to the conference. Our website is CelebrateKids.com. And we're all over you know, Facebook and Instagram as well. Celebrate Kids Incorporated. All right. CelebrateKids.com. Celebrate Kids Incorporated. You can look that up. Learn more about the ministry of Celebrate Kids. Okay. Well, that's it. Just we're, we're done. Dr. Kathy is, is <laughs> look, it makes me anxious when a person's got to catch a flight. Like I, I mean, yeah, I've man. been in situations where it's a time you got to get out. So, um, so that's good. I don't want to miss also, that flight. I don't want to miss that. Alaska. No. <laughs> which let me say how many, I guess many people have missed their flights before, yeah. but the very first time you ever miss your flight. Oh man. It's shocking because you never think it's going to happen to you. Right, right. You never think it's going to happen to you. We anyway. That's that's neither here nor there. I want to I want to toggle back to the Marriage Family Life Conference. Yes. Reminding our listeners that the Marriage Family Life Conference is coming up uh, July seventh, eighth, and ninth. Seventh, mm-hmm. eighth, and ninth in Tupelo, Mississippi. You can learn more about the conference if you want to hear speakers like Dr. Kathy Cook. This information is only scratching the surface. Yes. I I how many times is Dr. Kathy speaking at the conference? Man, about six. Six times. You know, in different Six ways, like to the children, times, different also, capacities. Yes, you know, Q and A type thing. Well, she'll be able to answer some questions. Phenomenal. You know, a couple of keynotes. So she she'll be available, and she wants to talk to people. Yes. Like she she likes to do that. So um, she'll be available. And uh, it's just if you want to see the lineup of who's speaking, you can go to marriagefamilylife.net there and cl- click on the speakers tab, and you can see yes. all of the speakers. You can see the uh, bios and all of that. So. Uh, yeah, go to the site. Make sure you register, marriagefamilylife.net. Marriagefamilylife.net. I'm thinking of a moment. I, I, I have a story that I want to uh, toggle to here. It's a news story. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the wrestling of our kids away from parents. But just in case I don't have this moment again to talk about this publicly, I'm going to use this as a segue. So I may not get to this story. Okay. okay? <laughs> the moment that we just had with Dr. Kathy where she said, oh, can I tell you, this is live. You always break. You don't like, wait, what's happening? Like what is going on? Right. And this is what it reminds me of. So this is one of those transparent moments of uh, sort of like a Friday show, but on a Tuesday. Okay. Um, I remember many people probably know that I broadcast from home. Mm-hmm. Some people don't know that, but now I do. Know. Okay. Now, you know, so I remember when Nathaniel, who was going, is going to be eight years old in just a few days here, okay? Sunday. that's right. He was a toddler, just now learning to walk. And here I am, which is why we moved where I broadcast from, right? I was broadcasting <laughs> in the office, which is an open room, which I advocate for. Nice open office. You know, it's, it's great, right? Everybody's accountable. Um, not good 
for doing a radio broadcast. <laughs> and this early morning, we were doing the morning show. We did three hours of morning radio. Three hours, okay? Mm. A lot of time. <laughs> so there we are, live radio. We're talking. We're, we're doing a broadcast. Mm -hmm. And what happens? The toddler, Nathaniel, comes walking into the room. <laughs> live radio. What what um, what do you do? So I'm trying to say, cut the microphones, cut the microphones, because it's only a, it's only a matter of time. Babies do not care no. that you're broadcasting. No, they don't. They don't care what you're mm -mm. saying. And so it's one of those moments where you're like, this is live radio. What are we going to do? We're going to do just like what we did today. We're just going to tell people, hey, <laughs> Dr. Kathy's got to go. It's, we're just human. We're just real people. All right. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.